0: whole new world for digital fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School and I'm joined today by Justin Ware. Justin is the Senior Vice President of Digital for BWF, a national fundraising consulting firm that spends a lot of time with their clients on a wide range of fundraising strategy, including digital fundraising, which of course became more important than ever before in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Justin, great to have you with us on this podcast.
1: Thank you, Bill, I appreciate it.
0: I'd like to start, your firm has done a survey uh, periodically on the use of digital fundraising and you had some interesting results in 2018 and then in 2019 and you were noticing some important differences even before 2020 began. What were you seeing in those survey results?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, know we we conduct this survey at the end of the the year as you mentioned we had 2018 and 2019 and 2018 um it was somewhat predictable i think you know we we had one really key question and and the question was worded in a way that said you know uh, what would you consider the top driver of participation and we offered you know digital channels direct mail phone uh face-to-face for major gift fundraising and for the direct response channels, digital, direct mail, and phone, in 2018, we saw direct mail was still the leader. About 50% said direct mail drives most of our participation. Digital was making headway at that point. It was the clear number two in the roughly 30% range. And then phone was in the single digits, um, which is not surprising from what we've seen from phone over the past few years. 2019 was that big flip, like you mentioned. So you know, we officially call it our 2020 survey because it was released in 2020. But again, data at the end of 2019, we're showing that there was a significant flip where digital had surpassed direct mail. About 40% participating. Institutions reported digital was their top driver of participation. And then direct mail slid down to below 30%, right around 29%. phone was still languishing in the single digits. This suggested a real tipping point for us. Just to your point, before we ever met, uh, went into the pandemic, you know, we didn't have we didn't have the issues of worrying about what a direct mail piece might say two weeks later in the quickly changing world, and all the things that we dealt with this year. This was pre-pandemic. Digital was now sort of the clear number one, where a lot of institutions were naming it as their first or even their second uh, over, you know, phone especially. <clears throat> so it, it, it really it signaled to us a significant change. And we are seeing that continued, you know, through our assessments and our, our strategy projects and the work we're doing with different client institutions I, you know, it, it, it's very clear, and actually even more dramatic than that survey would, would suggest in some cases. You know, we're right now involved in an assessment with a large public institution uh, raising about $20 million a year in their annual fund. About three quarters of that is coming from digital channels. Um, it, it's it's pretty dramatic. It's increasing. I think this year, obviously, how important digital has been in 2020 will probably only expand those numbers. But, but you're absolutely right. There was a tipping point I reached at the end of 2019, that, I mean, honestly, we've been expecting for quite some time. We just didn't think the flip would happen as quickly as it did.
0: Justin, before we take a deeper dive into 2020, let's go back to the survey results at the end of 2019. What does digital mean? You know, what precisely, you know, was it social media? Was it, you know, email? What did digital mean in your survey there at the end of 2019, the types of methods nonprofits were using to fundraise?
1: All of the above. So email, social media, anything that comes in on the web. So we basically look at the you know the 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 channel or, or tool by which you receive the communication or solicitation. A computer, a phone, that's all in digital. Mailbox, direct mail, phone, obviously if someone calls you, that's what a phone a thon would be. And email was strong. I believe out of all those categories, email was still the strongest. Although like we're seeing in a lot of cases, especially for things like giving days, social media is actually creeping up there. We're we're starting to see for some giving days, for example, social media is matching email in terms of gift conversion rates. uh, Because I think we're getting smarter and smarter about how we do social media. We're better at advertising. We also understand we need to be consistent with content and social media activity throughout the year. The institutions that really understand that, those are the ones who are really seeing the growth in social media conversions to match their email. But again, to answer your question, anything that comes through a digital a digital piece of hardware, uh, whether that's email, social media, uh, even a text message would be considered part of digital. Although I don't think we asked about text separately in this particular survey.
0: And again, I wanna take a deeper dive into what you then observed in 2020 and saw this trend expand even further. But again, just as understanding what do we mean by digital fundraising? how do we categorize, say I'm at a special event with my wife and we're invited to text in our gift from that special event. Or we know that, for example, religious congregations who are able to ask every week and they say, hey, you know, you could use the the congregation's app or PayPal or something like that, which technically is digital. But in both of those examples, the ask was made in person. So again, when, when we talk about digital, is it purely digital? Do we include those hybrid examples? what exactly are we trying to understand when we say digital fundraising?
1: Yeah, I'd like to answer in two ways. One, just on the survey specifically. And then I think how to consider text message too. Um, on the survey, we did have face to face and events as well. Now, that's up, I suppose, to the institution answering how they would define that um, but okay. even next to digital. So we basically asked, you know, there's email, there's social media, there's direct mail, there's phone, face-to-face events, you know, other categories like that. So we did offer that opportunity. It's certainly possible that some institutions might have categorized a gift that came in through, you know, a text-to-give campaign as digital, perhaps, um, whereas others might have said, well, no, that's an event that's face-to-face. Uh, so, <clears throat> again, we, we did not – we did not – call out text specifically, I believe in the, in, as one of the categories. So be interesting to see if we actually really sat down and talked to, to the survey respondents, um, how they interpreted that. Um, when it comes to text, I would, I would recommend you do keep that separate from digital or maybe as a subset of digital. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it comes usually through a smartphone and a lot of times you're directing to an online giving page. So I, I do think it may, there's a good argument to keep that under digital, but the strategies are a little different. The way you approach text message, how you use text message, the necessity of warming an audience through text message before you start asking for gifts and the difference between text to give where you're in a stadium, you're in you know some sort of large event, and arena, and you're simply responding to a big screen asking you to send some money in versus a student gift officer or a digital development officer sending you a text message for an online campaign and asking you to make a gift online, very different behaviors. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you're helping inform our future uh, surveys to be a little bit more pre- precise on exactly what it means for text messaging, because it's an important thing in this industry and we need to get that right and understand it.
0: Yeah, it is just so helpful. And, and the information you're giving us gives us that baseline of understanding as we then look ahead to 2020 Which you don't have survey data for, but again, as you and your colleagues have been working with your clients across the United States, then what did you see regarding this acceleration of using digital tools for fundraising, including now even more folks using things like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and other similar platforms?
1: Yeah, I mean, there was an urgent need to shift the digital in March of 2020, obviously because of the pandemic. <clears throat> gift officers could not have face-to-face meetings anymore, but still needed to maintain contact with donors who, as other data sets have told us, are still giving very much uh, in 2020, which is great news. Uh, so there was that sort of immediate shift to the major gift and leadership annual giving to uh, empowering gift officers to be really effective using digital. Zoom meetings are a big part of that, but really only a small part of it. You know, There's value in having a Facebook group community. There's value in being active on social media networks like Instagram, Twitter, and of course, LinkedIn is very important for major gift work. Uh, there's <clears throat> value in being able to communicate with recorded video. So not necessarily a Zoom call, but instead of typing up a two or three paragraph email where things can get lost in translation through writing, you flip on a webcam or you pick up your phone and you record a 45 or 60 second message that gets exactly to the point because all the intonation in your voice has, you know, all the enthusiasm that you can deliver, you know, via a video that's very difficult to convey via an email. So, you know, that, that transition to, you know, using digital in a way that keeps you connected and you know, help set up some of those Zoom calls. But even after we get past the pandemic, there's a lot of value in being able to use digital for all the time in between those coffees and dinners and galas and luncheons and, and you know weekend events and things like that to stay front and center in the minds of donors and prospects. A lot of institutions and organizations were doing that before the pandemic. And a lot of a lot of institutions that hadn't done that prior to the pandemic are now really considering it and position themselves for a lot of success in the multi-channel donor engagement world that we now live in because of the work they've done to adjust to the pandemic.
0: Justin, as we conclude this particular conversation, you know, thinking again about 2019 and the difference you saw from the 2018 results, and then of course what you and your colleagues have observed working with numerous Um, you know, nonprofits across the United States and seeing the further acceleration of digital fundraising during the pandemic. Uh, Just overall, what advice would you have kind of at a macro level for fundraisers, whether it be the the mindset that they have or big picture strategy that they need to be thinking about, uh, not just use digital fundraising now, but as they plan for the future?
1: Yeah, I think I mean first of all, understand the investment in content almost always pays off. Uh, there was a stat quite a few years ago now from Google that said that fifty-seven percent of everybody who watches a nonprofit's video will eventually go on to make a gift to that nonprofit. Mm. Doesn't mean they're clicking "Give Now" on the on the video, of course, and making a gift at that point in time. Simply means if you can compel somebody to sit through a one or two or three minute video, start to finish, that gets the message across about your organization, you will convert more than half of them to donors at some stage, uh, and we've we've. You know, I've heard of other stats since then that are actually even more dramatic. So it's it, the, the need to have clear storytelling, clear content. Another one from a VILA donor loyalty study. 72% of donors, when they stopped giving, when they were asked why they stopped giving was because literally of poor, vague, or irrelevant content. You know, we're losing three quarters of our donors because we're not doing storytelling right. And again, that stretches from the major gifts program all the way down to the annual fund. Uh, to be able to tell tell stories in an impactful way to use video especially um, to convey the emotion of your cause uh, there's You know, a really interesting case conference not too long ago talked about how video unlocks the empathetic part of a person's brain more so than any other type of content. So, you know, empowering gift officers to create one-to-one video relationships and content with their donors, personalizing content is extremely important. Finding strategies, tactics, some of that's through technology, some of it is through production teams, some of it is through strategy so that, you know, we can personalize content at least through our, our leadership annual giving program, if not even for some of our annual fund donors. But, you know, again, we look at a really successful giving day, um, South Dakota State University. They ran it in September. It was their fourth or fifth one they've done. They grow every year, but they had a massive amount of growth this year, even in the midst of COVID and everything else, in the annual fund space and, and, a, and a giving day. And this is because you know there, there is a concerted, a very deliberate effort around storytelling and content throughout the year so that when we have a big event like this, donors are ready to go. And I think that's, that's probably one of the most important things you can look at is how can, you, how can you produce a lot more content to keep your donors locked into your mission above all the other noise that's going on in the world in our inboxes and in our social media feeds and focused on giving back and supporting the cause that matters most to them, which you've helped them understand through the stories you told.
0: Great expertise and information from Justin Ware. He's the Senior Vice President of Digital for BWF, the National Fundraising Consulting Firm. Meanwhile, here at the Fundraising School, we're in a hybrid format. Our courses are available in person and online. And when we're online, we're both asynchronous, which means recorded, and synchronous, which means we're live. And any of those courses can be attended with our crisis response scholarship that can reduce the cost of registration by as much as 50%. We also have our custom training designed specifically for your nonprofit, your region, your association. And of course, we have quarterly webinars and these free podcasts, all available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school.